Well, I'm very pleased now to perhaps start the first of a series of interviews with the um, councillors who are on the cabinet for West Northamptonshire. If you remember, listeners will remember that we've had Jonathan Nunn on several times. John, Councillor Jonathan Nunn is the leader. And he said, yes, please do. Why not interview all my cabinet um, at the local level? So the first victim, sorry, the first guest is Councillor Adam Brown, who's actually the deputy leader. And he is responsible for housing, culture and leisure in West Northamptonshire. So, Adam, with that uh, terrible introduction, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for taking the time in a busy, busy schedule. But uh, I think I got your titles right. Is that correct? Deputy Leader and Housing, Culture and Leisure. That's correct. Yes. Thank you, Adrian. Well, it's good to have you on. So as Deputy Leader, obviously, um, is this a full time role for you being a councillor or with all the different responsibilities? Or do you combine it with uh, with other sort of interests and and um, uh, jobs, I guess? So, so it is now a, a full time role for me. I, I spent uh, the best part of uh, five or six years uh, combining local government work with a full time role in uh, financial services. Uh, but when the opportunity came up to uh, dedicate myself to the deputy leadership role for uh, for, for a few years, I, I jumped at it uh, simply because it's it's a chance to make a uh, fantastic difference. Uh, I hope a fantastic difference to the area that I grew up in, and where I'm raising my family, and uh, you don't get those opportunities uh, very often in life. So I was uh, yeah, pleased to be able to uh, put my hand up and uh, and take that role on with the support of my uh, colleagues in the Conservative group on the council. Excellent. Which ward do you represent? So I represent the Bugbrook ward, which uh, covers the uh, the area. Between sort of, uh, Toaster and uh, the outskirts of Northampton, so uh, everything from uh, Pattershaw and Blisworth and northwards to uh, to Harpole uh, and, uh, and and the Haifords, uh, including Kislingbeave, Otherstorpe, uh, Bugbrook itself, uh, and a couple of other villages besides. Mm, so it's quite a big geographic area, if uh, and also with I guess its fair size of the population as well. No, of the west of the uh, Northampton gym. Yeah, so we've got uh, we've got ten villages in all. It's fairly uh, rural area. Luckily, I have uh, two very capable uh, councillors uh, within the ward uh, alongside me, and uh, we uh, divide our duties uh, accordingly. But uh, population-wise, uh, most of the wards are reasonably equal in size. Of course, we've got a, a boundary review that's about to come to a conclusion that will equalise the, the populations more than they are at the moment. But yes, it's a, it's a lovely large rural area that uh, has some uh, beautiful villages uh, within it. Uh, it's where I went to school, it's uh, where I uh, spent a lot of my uh, my childhood, and so uh, yeah, very lucky to be able to now represent those, those villages uh, today. No, indeed, with a depth of um, local knowledge. So just tell us a little bit then about your career, Adam. You know, I think people are always interested, how did you get to where you are? So... I think my, my interest was piqued uh, more more by, uh, by by national politics, and uh, I, I got uh, heavily involved in uh, campaigning in the, the 2015 gen general election. And uh, I was uh, I, thereafter I was approached by one of the uh, members of staff working for the uh, local Conservative Party. They said that there was a, a vacancy coming up in the next set of district council elections, uh, where I was living at the time, uh, and they asked me if I wanted to, to stand for election. And uh, it, there was some relevance uh, to me in that because my uh, my, my uncle and aunt were, uh, were county well, my uncle was a county councillor for several years. My aunt was a district councillor uh, for many years, and uh, so there was that family connection there, that sense of sort of a, a bit of a family legacy to, to live up to. But uh, I knew from them uh, the value that local politics brings to people, and 
in fact, uh, as I was out campaigning in the general election, very often the, the things that really irked people the most or that they were most passionate about seeing uh, improved were, were council uh, issues. It was uh, the state of the roads. It was you know, what was happening in the, in the town centre or in, 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 their, uh, in their village hall. Uh, and yeah, as a councillor, you, you get to put in a shift and try and improve those things that, that really make a, a day-to-day difference to, uh, to people. As, as much as the, the affairs of the, uh, the Foreign Secretary or the, the, the laws of the land dominate uh, our debates around parliamentary politics, actually the, the things that really affect our lives in, uh, in, in very small ways, but very regularly, are, are the matters that councils get to deal with. Mm. No, very much so indeed. Well, you know, in the last few years, you've had quite a lot to um, to take into account, of course, uh, with the well, Brexit, COVID, um, the Ukraine war, and the refugee situation. So I would imagine that you, uh, yeah, it is more than a full time job, probably now. It, it is, yeah. It's uh, you know, we work. Uh, Jonathan dies, the leader and I especially work uh, an awful lot of hours, and so do the rest of our. Uh, cabinet colleagues, but uh, when, we, when we do see things coming to fruition and uh, improving, and you know, we see that the difference that we can make to our residents' lives, even in small ways, and it, it really is worth it, and it's a very rewarding role uh, it, in many ways. But uh, you know, there's still an awful lot to do. There will, always will be. This is a, a job where you know, nothing is ever uh, nothing is ever finished. But, but, oh. but uh, you know, it, and there's, there's never a dull day. Uh, as you, you've given a good summary of that, you know, some of the, the very major events that have uh, helped to shape the, uh, the first couple of years of West Northamptonshire Council. And of course, alongside all of that, we've had the, the transformation work and the aggregation and disaggregation of the old county council and district council services to be able to f- form a, a fully functioning unitary authority. Well, I was going to say, how is that going? Because West and North, North, North Hans, we've, you know, the county is um, is divided in that sense in terms of civic or local authorities. How, how is the transition going? Because we're coming up to what two years, right? We are, yeah, we've just passed uh, the, the two-year mark. So, first of April, twenty twenty-one was when uh, we had what uh, what is called vesting day, and the the two new councils formally came into being. And uh, I think it's fair to say that uh, the transition so far has, has been relatively smooth. There, it, there's st- still an awful lot of work to do, but that was always going to be the case. If you look at other counties that have made the transition to having unitary authorities, it's taken them five years or more to uh, to fully uh, you know, separate out or join together the services, depending on which services which are going which way. Uh, but we have a good working relationship with our colleagues in North Northamptonshire, and, and that helps immensely. But if we reflect on the, uh, the financial savings targets that we set ourselves uh, at the beginning of this project, we're, we're exceeding those as things stand. So that the value for money that Unitary was intended to bring to people uh, is, um, is being delivered. Um, and and that, that has meant that even in very challenging economic circumstances, we've been able to maintain services for people. And uh, you know, that, that includes uh, increasing uh, pressures on those two massive areas that the council has to manage, which are children's social services, which are now uh, delivered by Northamptonshire Children's Trust, and then adult social care, uh, where uh, we, we, we have a close working relationship with our partners in healthcare, the NHS and uh, local GPs and uh, the rest of the ecosystem around healthcare. Uh, but you know, we have a, a very, very 
immense responsibility to d d deliver care for, for, for our elderly population and vulnerable adults, uh, as well as the children in uh, social care. So you know, that takes up a good two th thirds of our budget. And then when it comes to highways, libraries, housing, you know, we have to use the rest of our funding uh, to, to deliver all of that. And uh, I think that's sometimes what isn't immediately apparent to the public at large, that we do have those two big beasts, as I call them, of adult and children's social care that just absorb vast quantities of money. But uh, you know, when you need them, when you actually need those services to deliver for you, they're, they're immensely important. And then you come to realise the true value of them. Yeah, no, no, indeed. Well, it's good to hear that you're giving a, a positive report. Do you think, you know, all two questions, I guess, all the population sort of feels that. And secondly, in children's services, you've mentioned, I mean, we have a, a sad, sad and sorry history, really, with children's services in the county, sadly. Um, you know, is that getting addressed? Because I think that is something that brought a lot of spotlight on Northamptonshire and a negative spotlight over the years. So uh, t taking the first point first, does everyone feel that way? There's never a unanimous opinion on these things. And uh, I think in, in some parts, there is uh, a sense of regret about losing, particularly uh, the local district and borough councils. Uh, you know, there was, I think, a, a fairly widespread uh, uh, fondness for, for, the, for the localism that they brought, even if people didn't always agree with the decisions made by uh, by, by the councillors on those authorities. But that may be more keenly felt uh, in, in Northampton than anywhere else, because, of course, it, by, by going to Unitary, Northampton lost its ancient status as a, as a borough uh, and has become now uh, you know, the, the, the smaller uh, town council uh, parished area as well as the the other parishes uh, within what used to be the borough of Northampton so your, your Dustins, your Kingsthorpes, uh, mm. and, and all the rest so you know, I, I think there is a a slight sense of unease amongst uh, a proportion of the population about that change and you know just the fact that our our geography has changed in a small way, but uh, you know, I hope that as the new council settles in and becomes a more recognisable part of people's lives, then we'll be able to overcome that uh, sense of regret mm. uh, to a certain extent. Um, just in terms of uh, children's services, uh, it is probably the most challenging area uh, that we have. There are huge safeguarding responsibilities placed on uh, the councils, and I, I use the plural because share children's services still with uh, with our partners in the north uh, and you know, a huge amount of work goes in not just by local councils but also by the department for education and other national government uh, organizations to make sure that uh, children's services continues to uh, its journey of improvement there's more investment in it than ever before we're continuing to look at further funding funding uh, of uh, preventative measures to relieve some of the strain on children's social services but uh, you know th there's no lack of will and endeavor to to make sure that we we do have the right service in place for, for vulnerable children and you know, uh, children who find themselves without parents uh, in Northamptonshire and uh, you know, that work will, will never cease from our point of view no I'm sure not um well it is a big issue and as you say social care uh, adult care uh, elderly care are such big issues to look at your particular area of responsibility then, housing, culture and leisure. Now, that's quite a wide um, remit, of course. I mean, can we look at each of those in turn in terms of, you know, current sort of activity, priorities, whatever, challenges? I mean, yes, we course. start with we start with housing. So housing are 
our mission is is always to uh, to try and build uh, more more homes to to take the the pressure off our, our housing waiting list. We've got uh, uh, something in the region of four thousand people on our housing waiting list across uh, West Northamptonshire. So some of those are uh, are awaiting internal moves within you know, they're already uh, within social housing or uh, housing with with our housing association partners. Uh, and then, of course, we, we have the responsibility to make sure that our current housing stock and our current tenants are well looked after, that we you know, maintain homes to a high standard, that we you know, don't ever come close to uh, a scandal of the kind uh, that they had in Rochdale, where that uh, uh, poor young child uh, died from exposure to, to mould in, uh, in his home. Uh, so you know, that's a huge responsibility as well. But uh, we're bringing forward at the moment a, a new allocations policy, which will... Um, remove the three different allocations policies across the old districts and boroughs and have one system that aims to treat people as fairly as possible wherever they may live in West Northamptonshire when we have to allocate uh, a home to them. And so there'll be an element of choice uh, in that uh, housing allocations policy. So people will be able to elect what uh, what housing they want to, in inverted commas, bid for. Um, you know where, where where they most want to live. Uh, you know the kind of property that, uh, so long as they have an identifiable need to, to go into it, the, the kind of property that they wish to live in. So there'll be an element of choice. But uh, you know when we go out to consultation, what we really want from the public is for them to give us their views on whether the hierarchy of need that we need to set out within the allocations policy is as fair as it can be, uh, because we have to make difficult choices about whether you know, certain healthcare needs, certain financial needs take precedent over uh, over others. Uh, so that will all be set out clearly in the consultation. But uh, yeah, we, we, have this, we have this ever-present pressure to, to build more social and affordable homes, but we do work with developers on, on new housing sites to deliver as many as possible through those developments that we all see springing up around uh, West Northamptonshire. Uh, but for me, you know, I, I, I was lucky enough that the leader, uh, when, when I became his deputy leader, asked me what portfolio I wanted to take on. And uh, I didn't hesitate in, in choosing housing because it, it's always been uh, a political passion of mine. You know, I'm part of a generation that's found it more difficult than ever to go on and uh, buy a home of our own. Um, and so you know, because of my, my family background, I recognise just the importance of having that strong foundation, that, that settled home to, to grow up in, to you know, create a, you know, the best possible environment for people to make the most of their potential and to, you know, to, to have that level playing field to go on and make the most of their lives. You know, a settled and stable home is you know, the best starting point for anyone in life. And you know, we want to make that say, a realistic proposition for as many people as possible in West Northamptonshire. No, absolutely. Now, when you're talking about housing, is that what the council's building or is it the um, doesn't every development now have to have a percentage that is social housing as well to get the planning permission through for the developers? Yes. So under the uh, under planning regulations um, across the across the district of West Northamptonshire, it varies because we're still working from three different sets of local plans. So uh, there's a slightly higher proportion of social housing that's required in Daventry versus South Northamptonshire and Northampton. Um, but uh, as I say, we work with uh, developers to to make to make that delivery of social housing uh, as large as possible. Uh, sometimes it, it does come down to negotiation because it, the more social or affordable housing that's included within the development, the, the less viable it becomes uh, for developers. Uh, but, but we put as much pressure on them as possible to deliver that on their social housing or, or affordable housing obligations.
Uh, and then, but, but then it also includes uh, you know, the builds that we're doing ourselves through through our what's called an arms length management organisation. That's council speak for a c- company that we wholly own, and that's uh, Northamptonshire Partnership Homes. Many people know it as, as as MPH. And the last eight years or so, they uh, they were delivering the uh, the council housing on behalf of Northampton Borough Council, uh, and uh, they now have a license to build uh, across the whole of West Northamptonshire. And uh, you know, we have a target of. Uh, delivering 500 new council houses uh, in this first term of West Northamptonshire Council. Uh, we, we hope to uh, you know, e- either get very close to that target or exceed it uh, within these first four years. Uh, but then we want to go on and do more because we recognise that, that there is a need for social housing uh, in, this, in this country. The private rented sector is under huge pressure, I'm sure, Many of your mm. listeners, if they if they rent their house, if they rent their home, or you know, they're looking at renting a home, they'll see the prices going up and up and up, and that's because of a shortage of supply. So you know, we, as a local authority, do have an opportunity an opportunity to you know, deliver more supply into the into the rented sector, and you know, thereby influence the you know the, the prices that people are having to pay. Mm. Okay, well, thank you for a very comprehensive overview there of housing. So, culture, what uh, what are the sort of key issues, key challenges in the uh, cultural um, brief you have? But I think one of the key challenges is it's getting Northampton and, North, and West Northamptonshire more widely recognised as somewhere that does pack a punch in the uh, in the cultural uh, scene. So we've got a, a fantastic local theatre or local theatres in, in Royal and Derngate. Uh, you know, they produce plays that tour all over the country. They host the likes of the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra and, uh, you know, national names from from comedy and uh, and the arts uh, so it's a real destination to bring people into Northampton and the surrounding area uh, but we want to build on that we're, we're, we're supporting grassroots uh, arts organizations uh, by working with Arts Council England who are the government's arts funding body uh, and we're also looking at uh, you know, trying to enhance the the heritage scene uh, within Northamptonshire because if, if there's something that's really significant about our county, it is our our heritage and the role that we played in in shaping the country that we live in today. So just just the other week, I was at Delapri Abbey uh, and unveiling some. Uh, some interpretation boards marking the the site of the Battle of Northampton in the Wars of the Roses. Uh, We also have the uh, site of the Battle of Naseby, which was one of the pivotal pivotal points in the English Civil Wars uh, in the 17th century. And uh, if you look just up the road at uh, uh, Bosworth in Leicestershire, uh, where, of course, uh, Richard III uh, lost his crown, uh, they have a marvellous visitor centre there. They really make the most of being the home of Bosworth Field, but at the moment we do very, very little indeed to mark the site of the Battle of Naseby, despite its historic significance. So as part of our wider strategic uh, view of how we manage parks uh, throughout West Northamptonshire, parks and country parks, we're looking into the possibility of creating a battlefield country park uh, in or in or close to Naseby uh, to uh, on the site of, of the battle or as close to it as, uh, as we can get because there is some dispute amongst historians about where precisely the battle took place. Uh, but we really want to make sure that people who are interested in in local history or indeed national history, because uh, uh, Naseby is a national significance, we want to make sure that they can come to Northamptonshire and you know, see, see the sites and you know, walk in the footsteps of people who really helped to shape uh, the country as it, as it is today. Yeah, I think there are many, many things, everything from Guy Fawkes right, right through to... Um... As you say, Absol- about, about absolutely, yeah. So, so, yeah, we, we were pivotal in the gunpowder plot as well. We we're uh, home to a number of plotters. Guy Fawkes would have uh, come to Northamptonshire all, uh, all those years ago. 
Uh, so there's a huge amount that we have to make more of. No, I think that's right. So that, of course, links very t nicely with the, the leisure portfolio. Um, and obviously, the recent years, the Northamptonshire Britain's Best Surprise campaign, which I, I think is still going strong and certainly tried to you know bring well, a coalition right of of all the you know travel tourism hospitality events restaurants etc hotels um yeah what in the ledger offering you know where's this sort of emphasis there and it is strange i guess we don't have the county as a as one entity do you you know on these issues do you work closely with the north is there a sort of combined body that addresses the travel and tourism elements and as well as the leisure elements Yes, so we do work uh, alongside uh, our colleagues in North Northamptonshire on on tourism, uh, and that's uh, largely driven by central government because uh, they, they want to create uh, a new form of tourist board called, uh, called a, uh, a, vis a local visitor economy partnership in government speak. But terrible, terrible names that they give to these things, but uh, effectively, it's uh, they're organisations that will uh, promote the tourist offer in the area and. Uh, Alongside Northamptonshire, Britain's best surprise, we, we've got that platform to to really go on and create uh, something that will uh, receive recognition from government and therefore funding and the ability to promote our area uh, better than it ever than it has ever been promoted before. But you know, we're, we're lucky to have uh, you know the, the people connected to Northamptonshire, Britain's best surprise, you know, giving us that support and all of their knowledge that they've built up over the years because they, they've been isolated voices at times in you know, flying the flag. Uh, for Northamptonshire across the whole county, uh, but we want to continue in that vein. But uh, you know, in the leisure portfolio, that also includes uh, grassroots sports. So you know, I regularly go out to visit local uh, football clubs, rugby clubs, uh, you know, people in other sports who you know want to enhance what they can uh, offer, not just to their existing members, but but the wider public. Uh, we're absolutely committed to widening participation of women and girls in in sport because that that is historically uh, an area that's received less attention uh, but so we're delighted that uh, in in 2025 it, it looks as though uh, Northampton is going to be a, a host venue for the women's rugby world cup um we're, we we were due to ha to host the uh, the women's cycling tour uh, of, of britain uh, this summer but unfortunately the national tour was cancelled due to sponsorship sponsorship issues uh but you know we, we really want to go on and continue demonstrating that commitment to uh, you know, women's and girls sport as well as uh, sport in general and uh, you, know, you look at northamptonshire and we have you know, first-class county cricket club. We have a Premiership rugby club. We've got a, a football league club that's had tremendous success this season. Mm. Uh, you know, we, we've got that, you know, that sort of foundation at elite level. Uh, that means that, you know, that there's all the inspiration that you need for the young people to go on and take up sport. And we, as a council, can just try and enable that a little bit more by, you know, joining the dots between local level and the national funding bodies, and you know, you know, bringing in some funding that comes along uh, f from developments in local areas and uh, enhancing the offer that's on people's doorstep. Uh, you know, we often hear that, you know, particularly young people, you know, the perception is that they don't have as much to do as you know, they may have had once upon a time, and you know, sports clubs and, and the like can provide that offer that uh, would otherwise 
you know, leave a bit of a vacuum in people's lives. So that, that's something that we're really passionate about. And you know, we also want to improve the, the offer at our uh, at our leisure centres uh, across the district. So uh, there'll be a procurement exercise within the next, uh, I think, twelve to eighteen months, uh, just to go out and re- go out and retender the contracts for our leisure centres in Northampton, Moulton, and Daventry, where they're coming up to uh, for, for expiry in twenty twenty six. And we'll work with the existing operators as well as anyone else who is interested to make sure that whatever's delivered through those leisure centres in the future is you know, the best possible offer for the people in those communities as well as the uh, surrounding area because you know, leisure centres do play a key part in making uh, you know, sport and fitness accessible for people you know by being council supported entities they can make it a, a more affordable prospect than some of the higher end uh, uh, gyms or, uh, or, or or leisure facilities so you know we do play a really important role in that and uh, that's something that we're we're really going to have a focus on in the, in the next uh, two, two or three years okay well thank you for that now you are part of a conservative um, administration here in the county um the majority is the conservatives so jonathan yourself the cabinet members are all conservatives i guess i can't resist the temptation to ask you what's going on at the national level with the conservative party well, there's always something going on, isn't there? <laughs> so, uh, I mean, you look at uh, the, the last couple of days, and uh, you know the, the, the very silly antics of Nadine Doris. And uh, as a as a local conservative, I, you know, I, I have to shake my head and just wonder uh, you know, what these people are thinking. You know, I do think that in, in Rishi Sunak, we we now have a, a very a level-headed and, and capable individual as prime minister. He's you know, someone that I can look at and you know feel confident in as a, as a conservative that you know he'll deliver on you know, on my values, my priorities, and I think he'll he'll deliver well for the country if given the chance. But uh, the the antics of the likes of Boris Johnson and his allies don't help Rishi Sunak and, and others in getting on with the massive job of running a country that you know does have its issues at the moment. And you know they're not isolated to this country. We've you know you look at the economies in in Europe, in America, and you know there are issues there as well. But it, it does mean that uh, you need a government that's got the stability and the you know, the, the bandwidth to you know, get on and do the job rather than dealing with internal uh, internal theatrics that uh, really best left uh, <laughs> best le- best left ignored quite frankly <laughs> well that's very uh, refreshing of you to sort of say that now we are due to have an election general election national general election in the next uh, is it 12 18 months um how when are the next elections for the councillors then because they are expecting a bit of a backlash aren't they against you know the polls are showing that labor is scoring very highly at the moment are you as a council um, going to be, you know, up for re-election at that time or have you got a slightly longer um, horizon to plan and work with? Yeah, so uh, by law, councils have four-year terms. Our, so our last elections were in May of 2021, so we'll have our next elections in May of 2025, which will be after the next general election. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens then. You know, we, we can't be too distracted by what's happening in Westminster or what opinion polls are saying. We've got a, a job to do for, for, for two more years uh, here, here at West Northamptonshire Council and we'll, we'll knuckle down and do that because you know, people in West Northamptonshire expect us to do the job and deliver social housing, you know, deliver good social services, you know, repair the roads, you know, develop, develop new and better services locally. So you know, no matter what goes on in Westminster and you know what happens in, in other council elections, it, doesn't distract us from the job that we've got to do here. 
Is there a lot of working closely with central government or are you basically, you know, sort of uh, was it, uh, rulers of your own land, so to speak? So there is inevitably a degree of um, working with central government. And one of my biggest frustrations with local government is that we, we spend an awful lot of time and invest an awful lot of man hours in bidding for more more money from central government. Um, but you know, that, that's the way that central government have deemed that it has to work. And it, that's the way it's worked for many, many years, not just under um, conservative government, but under Labour governments as well. Uh, I often think, it would, frankly, it would be better if they just gave us the money and allowed, it, allowed us to spend it ourselves. Uh, rather than having to go through all of these big processes. But you know, there are regular conversations that go on with MPs and ministers about uh, you know, the way forward in, in key strategic areas. We're consulted by government about forthcoming policy changes, and we put our views forward about that. Um, so, yeah, there, there, there's, a di- there's a dialogue, and uh, sometimes what you find will happen is that you know, problems will get shuffled from central government down to local governments, and uh, you know, we, we we have to we have to deal with things, and uh, the money doesn't always co- uh, necessarily come with these things to uh, to, to deliver what, what we're being asked to deliver. But uh, you know, we find a way to manage, and we've got fantastically committed staff at uh, at this council who really know their uh, their areas, and uh, they, they do a by and large a very very good job for local residents. And yeah, I think for me the fantastic thing about local government is that not only are your councillors local but so are the people delivering the services so if we put up taxes then we pay more tax ourselves you know if, if we're not investing enough in in the roads then we suffer the potholes just the same as uh, you know anyone else listening to this program does you know local politics is truly local in that sense yeah and it's leveling up though we're referring back to the money coming down i thought more power influence budget was coming to you know not so much the local enterprise partnerships but or the regions but back to the the counties or the you know the unitary authorities i mean is that what you're saying you happen to bid for leveling up monies or are you going to have the chance to say here's some cash you do what you think's best in your area so the government has distributed certain leveling up funds to councils such as ours and uh, yes we've had to bid for that we've had to put forward uh, project proposals to to bid for that funding, uh, but the the strategy taken by central government has tended to be to give more more freedom, uh, more funding to uh, to mayoralties. So the likes of Andy Street in Birmingham, uh, Ben Houchen in in the they call it the Tyne Tees region, uh, but it's uh, up in the northeast of England. Mm-hmm. Um, and the government seemed to have decided that combined authorities, you know, large regional government headed by a directly elected mayor is where they want to give the power and the uh, and the additional funding. Uh, we don't quite get the same level of support uh, as yet as a uh, as a unitary authority. Uh, you know, that's something that I'd like to, that I would like to see change. I think there is more that we can do if we're given the, the funding to, to do it. And you know, we're very capable and very willing to work with neighbouring authorities. So you mentioned SEMLEP already, which is the Southeast Midlands Local Economic Partnership. That's a strategic partnership between uh, Northamptonshire, Milton Keynes, uh, Bedfordshire uh, and Buckinghamshire, I believe. Uh, Luton as well, they have their own separate uh, council and as well as the, the mayors that are in, in some of those areas as well. Uh, and together we can, we can set about establishing transport policy and uh, other business development and economic uh, strategy that uh, you know, really does pay a... a well, pay a dividend uh, on a regional basis. And uh, you know, I think the you know, government is possibly missing a trick by not making 
more of those possibilities of you know, looser, looser arrangements between uh, councils who don't have a, a, a directly elected mayor covering the whole region. But that's what we've got at the moment. And uh, as local as local politicians, in a sense, we, we, we have to play the hand that we're dealt and uh, do the best with what we've got. And uh, we'll continue to do so. And, OK, well, thank you. So, um, gosh, what was I going to uh, say? My next question was in terms of... Um, you know, you, your role, you're very local, uh, very committed to the to the to West Northamptonshire, the town and the county, of course. What are the biggest challenges or what keeps you awake at night? Is there any one thing that you really, gosh, you know, that that's a nut I've got to crack? So personally, in, in my portfolio, it's that it's that challenge of getting uh, enough homes built. And you know, we're making progress on the, on that front. But you know, I'm, I'm always conscious of the fact that you know, we have people in you know, what we term temporary accommodation. Uh, sometimes it, it's not all that temporary whilst people are waiting for you know, somewhere permanent to live. You know, we can have people in you know, hotels or temporary flats for you know, months and months you know, whilst they were waiting a, a permanent place to live. And you know, just think, you know, I, I try, and put, try and put myself in, in their shoes and you know, think of my young family and, uh, you know, how I would feel if I was in that position. And uh, it, it does play on my mind. It's not somewhere that, that I'd like to be. And you know, that's a, an added incentive to you know, to try and get more homes built for, for people here. So, you know, within my portfolio, that, that's the thing that uh, is most pressing on, on my mind. Uh, in a wider sense, um, now, it, we obviously have children's services that you know that's all, always a worry. No, nobody, nobody, wherever they are, you know, wants to see a vulnerable child you know, die on their watch. Uh, you know, fingers crossed, touch wood, <laughs> all the rest of it. Mm. We don't see anything like that happening in Northampton in Northamptonshire again in in the, in the future. Uh, but when you're dealing with such vulnerable people, there's always that nagging doubt that. Uh, you know, it, mm. something horrible could crop up in a service area uh, like that and uh, then in, in a far drier sense uh, you know, one of the risks that we have to manage is uh, you know our IT systems and you know we, we, we have quite a um, you know in common with a lot of local government we have a you know, fairly aging IT infrastructure where you know we're constantly trying to modernize and improve, improve upon that but uh, you do have that horrible thought. Oh God! You know, what if everything just crashed one day? Um, but uh, <laughs> thankfully, we have a, a, fan, a fantastically capable IT manager uh, here at the council who uh, is constantly looking at ways to uh, make the pounds go further and uh, improve all of the necessary infrastructure to to make sure that everything keeps ticking along nicely. But uh, especially in this day and age, we're you know we're conscious of the threat of. Uh, you know, cybersecurity and uh, you know all, all the hacking threats that that exist uh, in in a digital age. Um, but I think uh, you know, both in business and uh, in our private lives, we we often underestimate the risk that that entails. So, you know, just that ever-present danger of someone sending an email and you know the wrong person clicking on the wrong link, and suddenly an awful lot of data flows out of the door that you didn't want to uh, to, to see flow out of the door. Uh, and there can be you know, horrible repercussions to that. Uh, in common with every other organisation, we have you know, very clear systems and processes in place to, to do our best to, uh, to prevent that. But you know, when, when you are such a large organisation, employing thousands of people doing you know, many different kinds of jobs, then you know, that's just one of the, the risks that comes with the territory. But uh, you, hear, you hear all of these stories of you know, 
Russian hackers, Chinese hackers, you know, inter you know domestic hackers, you know, always on the lookout for ways to try and uh, you know hold hold organisations to ransom via their data. And you know, that is a yeah. way. That is a bit scary, isn't it? Now you talked before about consultation. Um, you know, it is a democracy. Um, I'm glad that you and Jonathan have agreed to have these sort of series of uh, interviews. Um, you know, to be held to account, I guess, with the local population. Um, what question were you fearing that I would ask, Adam? <laughs> You're probably going to. <laughs> no, I'm not going to tell you. But you know, what should I ask you that I haven't asked you in terms of what might be in the minds of listeners that they're screaming at the radio now, saying, "Adrian, ask him this." In my experience, it's usually about about the roads and uh, when are we going to see the potholes fixed? And I know that you know, compared to some of the topics that we've talked about, it it, it might seem uh, pretty mundane. But it, it is what irks people, um, you know. And uh, I'll tell you this: even my own cousin, uh, just the, just the other day, posted a picture of his uh, of the wheel of his car, which, in his words, looked like a fifty pence piece. Uh, because uh, the poor chap had hit a pothole uh, um, in my ward, I must say, uh, and it had caused some damage to his car. And uh, the fact is, we're putting I think, close to four million pounds of extra funding into highway repairs this year. And you know, hopefully, people have started noticing some of the the patching and the resurfacing and the extra work that we're doing uh, around around the county or around the district, rather. Um, an awful lot of new line painting has been done as well. Uh, if you drive through Kingsthorpe these days, you'll see a lot of fresh white lines and uh, uh, freshly painted bus lanes. Um, but yes, certainly it, it's quite often the potholes that people ask about. And uh, we recognise that it, 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 ultimately it is a safety issue in, in many cases. And you know, I cycle from time to time. And uh, I think for, for people on two wheels, even more than people who are driving on four wheels, um, it, it's a massive risk. Uh, yes. And uh, it's something that we we recognise that we, we need to get on top of. But yeah. um, I was given a, a figure the other the other week uh, by one of our uh, highways professionals uh, who said that to to bring every pavement in West Northamptonshire and every road surface up to you know, a brilliantly smooth surface and a, you know, a perfect standard, it would cost close to a quarter of a billion pounds. You know, oh. that's the level uh, that's the level of investment that you would need to have a, a picture perfect uh, road network uh, and that's just uh, that's just on the roads that West Northamptonshire manages that that doesn't include include the likes of the a43 the m1 and all of the all of the strategic highway network that's managed by national highways which is a central government organization um, but we're, we're putting in as much as possible to repair that to repair as many roads as quickly as possible we're we're speaking with JCB. We're very close to, I think, purchasing a, a couple of new extra bits of kit that will uh, fill more potholes more quickly for less money. Uh, and that's always a good thing. It's just looking for those efficiency savings and spend to invest schemes that, sorry, spend to save schemes uh, that will uh, just make us a more efficient organisation, get the job done for, uh, for people more quickly than before. Well, I hope so. You mentioned cycling there. Now that I'm back into cycling as the fine weather's come, um, yeah, I shall definitely keep an eye, a very close eye on these potholes as well. Now, we've talked about consultation. Um, if, you know, if people are keen to talk to you, would like to 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 comment or, or give you some responses or ask any questions, um, Adam, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, so the best way is by email. So my email address is adam.brown at westnorthants.gov.uk. Uh, always happy to, to hear from members of the public about uh, anything within my portfolio uh, area. Um, but but you know, they, they also have their local councillors at their disposal. And uh, you know, we're, we're lucky that um, you know, 
We have 93 councillors in the authority. Uh, nearly all of them work tremendously hard for the, represent for the, for the residents that they represent. Um, and uh, you know, it's, it's a pleasure to it's, it's a pleasure to see so many hardworking people who you know, really do care about uh, you know where they live uh, and you know where many of them are raising families. And uh, I think uh, at times you know, councillors get a bit of a hard rap, and you know, it's right it's right that we're held to account. But you know an awful lot of people you know do give up uh, you know family time and uh, you know, job opportunities to 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 do this public service and uh, you know, I have huge respect for people who do so as you know as, as backbenchers not necessarily at cabinet level um, but it, it, as I said at the at the top of this interview it's, it's a very rewarding role when we can see something something done and improvements made it's, uh, it's not many other feelings like it. Well Adam thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show and tell us all a little bit about uh, your your life, your role there in West Northamptonshire Council. We've been talking to Adam Brown, Deputy Councillor Adam Brown, Deputy Leader, Cabinet Officer for, uh, sorry, Cabinet Representative, Cabinet uh, Responsibility for Housing, Culture and Leisure. If you would like to get in touch with Adam on any particular issue within his portfolio or indeed within his uh, ward, it's adam.brown at westnorthhands.gov.uk. Adam, once again, many thanks indeed. Keep safe, keep well and uh, keep up the good work. Thank you.